riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. It's a busy news day here in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania, getting us started on a Monday. Coming up in the second half of the program, we talk about former director of Sullivan County Human Rights Commission, Adrian Jensen's surprise resignation last week. We have audio from the meeting where that happened. So you get to hear the resignation for yourself. Plus, we have news of two more resignations. Public Health Director and Commissioner Division of Planning for Sullivan County. All that coming up in the second half of the program because tonight we're starting with the biggest story that's bearing down on us right now, this snowstorm. New York is declaring a state of emergency that starts at 8 tonight, just as officials expect the nor'easter that's about to impact our area to really start dropping large amounts of snow Nearly the entire state is under either a winter storm warning or a watch through Wednesday morning for Delaware and Sullivan counties, Wayne and Pike counties, and many other counties in our region. A winter storm warning remains in effect now through 8 a.m. Wednesday. The National Weather Service says total snow accumulations of 9 to 18 inches is possible. Heavy snowfall amounts greater than 20 inches are possible in the upper Catskills. That's above 1,300 feet. And it'll be windy. Winds will be gusting as high as 40 miles an hour tomorrow. Governor Kathy Hochul held a press conference late this morning and said officials are expecting the heavy, dense snow to cause a significant loss of power. It's going to take down the wires. There's no way around it. When you have snow that's 50% heavier than normal, this is not the light, fluffy, pretty Christmas snow. This is going to come down like a brick. And it is that weight that causes the problem. So one and a half feet of snow is going to have the effect of three feet of snow. Jackie Bray, commissioner of the New York State Division of Homeland Security Emergency Services, added to that, saying not only do officials expect outages to occur, but they even anticipate delays in fixing those outages. This is a long duration event. This is not an event that is going to come and go quickly. Uh, We expect the event to start around 8 p.m. tonight in earnest. We expect the worst of the snow uh, to be falling in the overnight Monday to Tuesday. But this is going to linger through Wednesday morning. uh, And we do expect to see some pretty significant winds even throughout the day on Wednesday. So as the governor said, uh, we do expect widespread power outages. And we expect that repairing those outages, getting power back, may take us extra time given the conditions that we're going to face on Tuesday and even Wednesday morning. Governor Hochul said the National Guard and thousands of utility workers are ready to respond, including some who came from as far away as Canada. And she urged people to prepare today to get what they need so they can stay home tomorrow and let road crews do their work. It is very, very hard to plow the roads when there are people in front of you or cars that insisted on venturing out and end up in a ditch and have to be rescued. This really affects our ability to respond in real time. Of course, the state is still preparing to help remove those vehicles that may eventually get stuck out there on the roads, according to New York State Commissioner of Transportation, Marie Therese Dominguez. DOT is also having tow trucks pre-staged 
here in portions of the Capital District, as well as on parts of I-84, I-684, and Route 17 and Interstate I-81. And for more on regional preparations for the storm, especially on the roadways, let's go now to Jonathan Ebley, who's with PennDOT. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, could you explain to, to folks what, what your title is and, and what your purview is? Yes, sir. Um, again, I'm Jonathan Ebley. I'm the Assistant District Executive uh, for PennDOT Maintenance and Engineering District 4. And we cover the six counties in the northeast part of Pennsylvania. Uh, so that will be Lackawanna, Luzerne, Pike, Susquehanna, Wayne, and Wyoming counties. So I'm in charge of all the, the maintenance on our roadway, including snow removal. Great, and that's a region that we broadcast to a little bit there as well, so we wanted to make sure our listeners in that area had some of this information that you guys are putting out today. And in that information is the notion that you're the, – the, the fact that you're pre-treating roadways now. Uh, what is that and why is that important? So our, our crews have been out uh, specifically on Interstate 84 uh, throughout Pike and Wayne counties, uh, pre-treating with a brine solution. And that's just the salt and water mixture that we apply to the road uh, from the back of a truck. It dries on the road, and it prevents the initial bond of snow and ice to the roadway so that when the precipitation uh, starts to fall, it gives us some time to get back to the interstate to continue treating. Wow. And and that said, you know, salt isn't going to do everything. In fact, the press release actually had this as a quote, Salt is not a silver bullet, end quote. Can you talk about that? Yes, sir. So uh, salt does become less effective at very, very low temperatures, uh, below 15 degrees surface temperature. Uh, we're not expecting any of that with this storm. We do expect temperatures in the 20s and 30s, uh, but salt does become less effective when uh, the temperatures get very cold. Uh, so that's what the press release was talking about when they said it's not a silver bullet. Uh, however, we do anticipate our salt and our mixture treatments to be very effective during this storm. Uh, but we do remind motorists to always use caution when traveling during a winter event. And even with the storm warnings that we're getting from National Weather Service, they were uh, referencing PennDOT as, as saying, you know, motorists should observe road restrictions. Um, are there already some road restrictions in place? We do not have any uh, restrictions in place as of right now. We do have a plan to implement several restrictions tonight at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so that would be a Tier 1 restriction on Interstate 80 from Interstate 81 to the New Jersey border, Interstate 81 from Interstate 80 to the New York border, and the Turnpike also has a planned uh, Tier 1 restriction, which basically um, limits double tractor trailers they can't travel with with a double trailer and they can't travel empty either on a tier one uh, there is a tier three vehicle restriction planned uh, for the following roadways at midnight tonight as well and that's all of interstate 84 so that's through lackawanna wayne and pike counties and then all of interstate 380 uh, so in a tier three no commercial vehicles are permitted except loaded single trailers and loaded enclosed cargo delivery box trucks, but they have to have chains or an approved alternative traction device. 
And PennDOT was also advising folks to delay needless travel to make sure that people aren't on the roads when it's hazardous. Officials in New York State were doing the same thing, even the governor of New York State pointing out that, you know, the last thing that the plow, the people that are clearing the roads, the plows don't need to be trying to avoid cars that have gone off the road that need to be towed out. Uh, what are some other concerns for drivers and plow trucks if they happen to be on the roads and they encounter a plow truck? What do you want folks to know? Uh, one of the biggest concerns for this event is the intensities that uh, we are seeing forecasted, uh, the snowfall intensities. We could see up to two inches per hour of snow. Uh, so when that happens, that is usually a zero visibility type situation. Uh, so we do advise everyone to limit un- unnecessary travel. Uh, but if you are near one of our plow trucks, uh, you need to ex- exercise extreme caution when passing and never pass plow trucks that are plowing in tandem. Uh, so for this event, we do anticipate the need to plow in tandem, which is side-by-side or partially staggered in the right lane and the left lane of the interstates. Uh, So we never want anyone to try to pass our plow train uh, on a shoulder because that is a very dangerous situation. Yeah, people can get you, you hit you hit a pocket of some deep stuff that you didn't expect on the shoulder. You get you get sucked right off the road. Yes, sir. Exactly. Wow. All right, and um, and I mean, you also released some preliminary statewide data collected last winter showing the number of crashes and fatalities on snowy and icy roadways. Can you share those with the listeners to just kind of further reinforce the message you got here? Yeah, the, the majority of crashes that we see uh, during the winter events is just driving too fast for conditions. Um, you know, we, we do implement 45-mile-an-hour speed reductions on our interstates as soon as they start to cover with snow. Uh, the tiered restrictions are uh, focused towards more of our commercial vehicles and limiting those that um, crash more often because they are not fully loaded. Um, So if a fully loaded tractor-trailer is less likely to crash because it has more weight than a a tractor-trailer that is empty on its return trip. Uh, So we've seen a lot of crashes with commercial vehicles that are empty, uh, and that's why we tend to put out a restriction ahead of the event to let the shipping companies know that, you know, the empty trailers are not going to be permitted during the height of the storm. Wow. And when when regular road travel resumes for uh, for people just driving cars and vehicles, personal trucks, um, they should make sure those are cleared off of all snow first, right? Yes, sir. So that is another hazard uh, when everyone wakes up Tomorrow morning on Tuesday, you're likely going to go outside to your vehicle, and it will be covered with at least several inches of snow and or ice. Uh, If you do not fully clear your vehicle before you proceed on your route, uh, that could cause uh, a hazard for other motorists on the road because as you increase your speed, that snow is going to fall off your vehicle. It could blind someone behind you. Uh, it It could cause an accident for anyone else that's using that network at the time. We are recording this interview a couple hours before it airs later on this evening. Uh, it's a slow-moving storm. Trajectories can change. Conditions can change. And it's going to be going over the next couple days here. So uh, if folks want more information on road conditions that are up-to-date, where, where can they turn to? Our best resources is www.511pa.com. That has all of our traffic cameras. It has the current conditions on all of our interstates 
Uh, and you're also able to see where our PennDOT plow trucks are. Uh, so if you live on a state road, you could see when it was last treated by a plow, and you could also see when the interstates were last treated as well. It's a very, very good resource that we encourage everyone to use. All right. Well, uh, Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. You're welcome. All right. Take care. And again, that was Jonathan Ebley, Assistant District Executive for PennDOT Maintenance and Engineering District 4, covering the six counties of Northeast Pennsylvania, talking about PennDOT's preparations for the storm, road restrictions, and more. We thank him for taking the time on such a busy day to do that. I thank you for listening to the local edition. We've got more coming right up, and we'll also get the weather forecast in again. So stick with us. We've got county news next in Sullivan County, New York. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hi, this is Laura Flanders, and you can catch The Laura Flanders Show, which I produce right here in a cabin in Sullivan County every Monday night at 7 p.m. on Radio Catskill. You'll hear interviews with social critics, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs, forward thinkers who are building tomorrow's world today. Deep conversations about change with the leading thinkers and doers of our time. That's The Laura Flanders Show, Monday night, 7 p.m., right here on Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. This is Radio Catskill. A winter storm warning is in effect from 6 this evening to 8 a.m. Wednesday morning. Light snow today intensifies this evening. Heavy snow continues through the overnight, tapering off sometime between tomorrow evening and Wednesday morning. National Weather Service says 9 to 18 inches of snow possible. Hudson Valley Weather says there will likely be more in the upper Catskills and possibly less in Sullivan County. New York officials are asking residents to stay home tomorrow. Pennsylvania Department of Transportation says avoid unnecessary travel. This is Radio Catskill. Every day, Radio Catskill has local news and conversations on air. But did you know we have even more local programming on our Radio Catskill podcasts? Like our travel podcast, Borders, with Ron Bernthal. And voices from the community, like Chief Brian Soller's local volunteer firefighter podcast, The Professional Brotherhood. Radio Catskill podcasts at WJFFradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Radio Catskill. Listen local. The mixtape's all about eclectic music, compiled with love, like an old-school mixtape. I'm Jason Tuga, and every Friday night, it's my aim to bring you something special, a unique mix of music you wouldn't hear anywhere else. You can count on hearing a diverse range of artists, eras, genres, and vibes. The mixtape, an hour of music assembled by me just for you, Friday night. Friday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. And right now we're focusing on Sullivan County because on Thursday, Radio Catskill brought you the news that Sullivan County Human Rights Commissioner Adrienne Jensen had resigned and resigned at a public meeting. We have more on that coming up, including the audio of her resignation. But since then, we've also confirmed two other women are stepping down from county positions, Nancy McGraw and Freda Eisenberg. Sullivan County Public Health Director Nancy McGraw stated her resignation on social media 
And that was a statement that was later confirmed by Sullivan County Communications Director Dan Hoost, and that resignation's effective March 3rd, 2023. Karen Holdren will continue to serve as acting public health director with the county considering her appointment to the position permanently, pending an approval from the New York State Department of Health. That's according to Hoost. McGraw said on a Facebook post, quote, it was a difficult decision after almost 18 years of dedicated public service that I am very proud of, but it was one that I made with my family, my own well-being, and my future in mind. I am proud of the leadership that I have provided throughout insurmountable odds we faced during the pandemic with limited resources and support. I wish my colleagues and staff well and will always be a staunch public health advocate, end quote. Radio Catskill attempted to contact McGraw for additional comments, but did not receive a response before airtime. According to the county, Freda Eisenberg, Planning Commissioner of the Division of Planning, Community Development, and Real Property staff will be stepping down effective April 11th. Hoost stated that Deputy Planning Commissioner Heather Brown is expected to be named Interim Planning Commissioner by County Manager Josh Potosik, and that should happen soon. Radio Catskill attempted to contact Eisenberg for additional comments, but did not receive a response before airtime. Dan Hoost also said of Eisenberg, McGraw, and Adrian Jensen on behalf of the county, quote, we wish each of them well in their future endeavors, end quote. And as we reported earlier at a meeting of the Human Resources Committee last week, Sullivan County Human Rights Commissioner Adrienne Jensen notified the Sullivan County legislators that she had submitted her resignation letter. She read her letter aloud to the members of the Sullivan County Legislature, and this is what she said. It is uh, with my sadness that I am sharing with you that I have put in my letter uh, of resignation. As I feel the need for the position's utility has surpassed is surpassed, has been surpassed by its support. There is far more education work that needs to occur regarding human rights in this county. Uh, both literally and figuratively, the office size and support does not meet the immense need for the position in this county. I've been, I've seen a good deal of fear in folks, fear of things that they hear about in the media but themselves have not seen to be the fact. And when I came into the position, uh, we were rolling out of the turbulence and craziness of the antiquated viewpoints of 2020. Folks seem to have been fearful and miseducated around the concepts of human rights, and they erroneously connected human rights solely with a concern for the belabored freedom of black and brown people. This was evidenced in a red herring argument over the merit in the words black lives matter over all lives matter. The fear around this semantical argument seemed to obscure or divert our community and other communities away from the reality of the statement, which uh, was that our black and brown neighbors have indeed been receiving unequal treatment in the workplace, housing, education, and other public accommodations. This is a fact. My concern came when I observed words used to identify and talk about our deep concern for our fellow, our fellow citizens connected to old fearful ideals. It seemed that some had difficulty acknowledging that we live among systems that do need to be improved. It seemed that the acknowledgement of the existence of these discriminatory thoughts could not happen because if we held those thoughts in our own minds, it meant we were bad individuals. There was a fear that the color of one's skin might automatically be equated with racism. In my mind, this is a big leap. 
I don't think that that's the case. When I arrived here, I set out to help the community understand that, in fact, we all discriminate. It's built into our normal human function. It is what we do with that knowledge that differentiates us as people and as citizens. There are many forms of daily discrimination making the office vital. Discrimination is seen in the unwillingness of landlords to keep uh, to accept lawful forms of income like spousal support or disability insurance. It is seen in, in the way that we dismissively joke about the inequities of folks because it is awkward and uncomfortable instead of being brave enough to begin to look honestly at how our community is treated. It occurs in the dismissive treatment of our elders. Trust that your youth decide our fate and see this false behavior. They notice whether leadership of all forms, and I don't mean you know this leadership, I mean everywhere, parents, teachers, what have you, um, that the leadership models the behavior that we all judge our youth for not exuding. They too see the performative programming and media coverage of events ultimately meant to simply fulfill metrics uh, for public appeal or even to you know fulfill a grant as opposed to genuine boots on the ground informed efforts. Uh, as far as housing is concerned, there are folks that work hard on the issue of increasing inventory, among them John Little and Freda Eisenberg. Um, they're doing a great job, in my opinion. They address long-term issues. There are short-term issue, short-term concerns as well um, that we've been working on. And regarding long-term, uh, I do hope that others in the public understand clearly the difference between creating random inventory and creating inventory for citizens who have lived here pre-pandemic, who have been experiencing housing insecurities for quite a long time. Our county is in a state of emergency and we are in triage mode. The initial uh, insecurities we must correct. Uh, to those experiencing the hardship, it feels folly to entertain prospects of creating more housing that does not provide equal opportunity to the demographics of folks who were living here pre-pandemic and pre-pre-pandemic. Um, instead, creating housing to assist our southern neighbors in solving their low-income needs only to, in the longer term, create an issue uh, for our own hemorrhaging social issues. Uh, this office is meant as an oversight of human involvement in the county. Uh, it acts as an advocate and liaison between between the people and the helping professions meant to assist them, as this is where the folks go to, this, this office is where folks go to register that complaint. I pray that I've facilitated the county's clarity in human rights, uh, that it's for all citizens in Sullivan County. Uh, a client I interviewed yesterday with uh, Julie had suffered a traumatic brain injury and um, referred to himself constantly as a piece of S, and as that's the way that he feels that the helping profession has viewed him and treated him. And I really hope that we work hard to improve that because uh, people in our community deserve better. I have concerns for, concerns for the public that I have not been able to satisfy and I will continue to serve the county um, in ways that I can and will always be available for consult or assistance. When Alan and I met with you last week uh, to discuss some of your concerns, it was clear to both of us how you, the love for the community, mm -hmm. how you wanted to help. And what I'd like to say, it was clear to me that this part-time position doesn't work because of the amount of work you had. And uh, I think, not that you said it, but I have a feeling that's part of the reason you left, that you couldn't accomplish some of your goals because there's not enough time in the day for you. So I think that's something this legislature should look at.
as so, far as making it a full-time <laughs> position because we certainly have issues in our community that need to be addressed. I, you know, full-time position means one more day. Um, I think that something that the office needs is support. I think that's really, it, it needs to be recognized as a genuine office that's in the county. I think that it, it, yeah. it needs that respect. I think that it's really important that um, there is concern placed on how it is, how it's situated. You know, so I think that the amount of hours is important, probably definitely benefits uh, is, is definitely important. And I, I just, you know, hope that whoever fills the position coming up, that, that, that it's someone who understands what I was just speaking about, that human rights is an issue for all folks and that it's not something that people look at to wag a finger at someone or create some sort of disruption. But rather, not not to say that there aren't times that disruption is important, but rather to find a way to, to bring the county together. Okay, and again, that was a former Human Rights Commissioner for Sullivan County, Adrian Jensen, resigning uh, at a public meeting last week. And now for more on this, uh, we're going to check in with Sullivan County Democrat. For that, we're turning to uh, Derek Kirk, editor of the Sullivan County Democrat. Derek, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, and, and welcome back to the show is what I meant to say. Uh, so you were, you were there when this, this happened on Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. And the listeners just, just heard, you know, Adrian Jensen uh, resigning in, in her own words. So what did you see, uh, being there in person and were you expecting this at all? Uh, being there in person, the room seemed to be rather shocked. Uh, I'm not sure that many of the legislatures really saw this coming, um, I don't think really anyone saw this coming, uh, her deciding to step down. She also really shared with the fact that she, I don't think she wanted to step down. I think, um, as she put it, that the position's utility, in her own words, surpassed its support. There was a lot of uh, apprehensiveness to her uh, wanting to step down. I, I, it, it seemed that way. On her end? Yes. Yeah. 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 At that point, then, what did the legislature do? The legislature, you know, they wished her well. There were some scatters of discussion of whether the position should be made full-time, uh, maybe further investments into the Human Rights Commission. Uh, there, were, there were no decisions made on Thursday regarding that position, but there, was, uh, there were talks of possibly looking at reconsidering and uh, seeing what they would do with the with the position. So, what do you think the next steps are? Uh, I would. I'm not sure what their legislature might, what their next step might be, but I would hope that they would uh, seek to fill the position um, as soon as possible. Uh, I think letting Adrian Jensen, uh, allowing, giving her a reason to step away uh, is a very big letdown for the position itself. And uh, I think she said in her own words um, that I hope they can find someone who uh, really pushes for the benefit of all people, disadvantaged people of Sullivan County um, in that way, yeah. All right. Well, um, and do you have anything else you want to let folks know? 
just to be safe with this uh, upcoming snowstorm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, New York State, as we've been telling people, New York State's uh, declaring a state emergency as of uh, 8 p.m. tonight, and the governor was on earlier today urging people to do what they had to do today. Now now we're we're pretty much in the evening. It's it's on its way, so they, they really don't want people out on the roads at all here the next uh, 24 hours or so. Absolutely, yeah. So just, you know, just be careful. If you don't have to go, don't go out if you don't have to. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Derek Kirk, Southern County Democrat, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the local edition tonight. News and information that keeps you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Remember, you can find the local edition wherever you get your podcast from. Sign up and make sure you never miss a local edition from Radio Catskill. And continue listening to Radio Catskill on air, online at wjffradio.org on your smartphone or your smart speaker. Just ask it to play Radio Catskill. And yeah, don't forget, uh, so we are underneath uh, a winter weather, a winter storm warning right now. It goes until 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, not 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, uh, looking at potential of Nine to 18 inches of snow, according to National Weather Service. Hudson Valley Weather says there will likely be more snow in the upper Catskills, possibly a little less than that uh, accumulation forecast for Sullivan County. New York officials asking residents to stay home tomorrow and stay off the roads. Pennsylvania Department of Transportation says avoid unnecessary travel. This is Radio Catskill. Thank you so much for listening. Support for Radio Catskill comes from... 52 and Vine, a wine and spirits shop in Jeffersonville, featuring local, national, and eclectic vintners and distillers. 52andvine.com. From the Upper Delaware Welcome Center at the Narrowsburg Union, featuring information about regional attractions and activities, along with products by the region's artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen at Catskills Curated. Narrowsburgunion.com. Hi, I'm Mimi Bradley, Radio Catskills Development Manager. When you include Radio Catskill in your estate plan, your generosity will provide a lasting legacy that will affect thousands of other listeners for years to come. The rewards go beyond the tax savings that can result from your gift. Through planned giving, it is possible to make gifts to Radio Catskill you might have previously thought impossible. Call me on 845-482-4141 to have a conversation about your sound legacy for Radio 